Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle Official Podcast. We are your hosts, Alora and... Oh, sorry, and Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about a witch's signature spell ingredient. We're going to dish about our own signature spell ingredients and tools, and also talk about how you can develop your own signature scent or flavor of witchcraft. So what do we mean? What? I said, ooh, flavor. Flavor. So <laughs> what do we mean when we say a witch's signature spell ingredients? So for me, like, I think signature spell ingredients are those ingredients or tools that have become staples in your practice. You're never without them. And typically, like, your hardcore signature ingredients are those things that you infuse into every working, no matter what the working may be, whether it's money or love or what have you. Um, and just to say, we're going to go through our lists, but we are definitely not going to reveal which of those are our hardcore signature ingredients because that's what make them, makes them signature, is that they are unique to the individual. What about you, Kitty? Um, honestly, I had a little bit of a, I had to think about this one a little bit because I've never, I never like, I just never thought about it. I didn't never think, oh, these are my signature, you know, flavors. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you had me thinking a little bit, but I like the concept. And I think that everyone, once you've been practicing long enough, you definitely develop your own style or flavor, or signature, what have you. So um, yeah. Yeah, because originally we were just going to do like witches ingredients and then I brought up signature ingredients and then um, it just kind of rolled from there. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have never thought about it, you don't realize that you do have your own flavor and you do things a certain way and include certain items in the majority of your workings. Yeah, it's true. It is definitely true. Um, but okay. once I thought about it, I, I figured I figured I uh, definitely figured out that there are certain things that I that I almost always use or uh, use most of the time. So, how can a new witch or any other witch, for that matter, um, develop or craft their own signature style? Okay, you want me to answer this one? Yes, ma'am. All right. Uh, so I just said that it's really all about experimenting and practicing regularly. The more things you try out, uh, the better. You're going to find things that you really enjoy using or making. And then you're also going to know what things don't, you know, don't really vibe with your style or your energy. Um, honestly, I've made a lot of different things for my craft. And there's some that I will never make again. Cascarilla powder for one. <laughs> And, um, you know, there's certain things that I gravitate towards that have, I guess, become a part of my signature, as you call it. Yeah. And I think too, um, for me anyways, I think because I've worked with different, okay. So throughout my practice, I've had several different matron goddesses, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily patron gods because I haven't had, I think, you know, Odin's been with me from the beginning and um, green man came in for a little while, but that's, that's it in the whole of my practice. And so 
Um, but I think when you do work with different deities for a long period of time, you will uh, bring in ingredients and things intuitively that are in tune to them um, that you just vibe with. And I think part of it is an intuitive piece of the puzzle as well. Like you will intuitively grab for something not knowing exactly what it does, but it feels good to use it. And then later you learn what it is and you're like, oh, that's why. Yeah, I would agree. I, I agree with you. Um, I didn't even think about that aspect, but I think you're right. The, the longer you work with different gods too, specifically, they tend to like certain things and then you just kind of end up using those certain things more often. Right, exactly. So I'm going to have you start us off. So we've each got 10 things down here. And mind you, this is just a small list of our signatures. Um, so what do you have as your first signature ingredient? Um, well, so the first thing would be rosemary. I use it in literally everything I do, I realized when I had to think about this. <laughs> Um, so I've grown it in my garden for at least the past five years. And I think that I can't honestly be without it. If I don't have it in my garden, I, I just don't feel complete. So, um, yeah, that's my number one. I, I literally use it and I, I couldn't even tell you how many things, sprays and teas and in my cooking and, um, you know, oils, bottles, jars, all kinds of stuff. So I do, you want me, should I go into like a little information about it you think or yeah definitely tell I, I think it's important to tell like what the properties are and why you find it to be such a draw to your practice okay so I think the most effective use of it for me is when I wrap it I wrap it in bundles and then I use it to smoke cleanse my space I found that it's just as effective as white sage, in my opinion, and it, for me, it's easier because I'm growing it, so I can just harvest it when, you know, when it gets real full, and I have like a never-ending supply of rosemary. I don't have to worry about buying the sage or, you know, all the other things that go into the white sage conversation that we're not going to get into, but um, <laughs> uh, so it, it, not just that, it's just super versatile. <clears throat> You can, it, it can, in my opinion, it can be used, it can be a substitute for so many other herbs that you might not have on hand. And it's very accessible. Even if you don't grow it, you're going to find rosemary at the grocery store. You know, um, sometimes they even sell live plants in the produce section of the grocery stores here. And if not that, then you can get a dried version of it in the spice aisle for pretty cheap. You can, like I said, it's, it's, it's so versatile. I've used it for healing, love, cleansing, um, you know, hex breaking, uh, like ridding my house of unwanted spirits, all kinds of things. And uh, I think that it's also wonderful in the kitchen if you're into, you know, cooking a lot. Rosemary is wonderful. I use it a lot in soups and stews. And then also I like to stuff it into chickens. So yeah, and I think a really cool thing that I found out about, I didn't know this, is it's called Dew of the Sea and also Elf Leaf, because I guess there's Ooh. some kind of lore that it's supposed to attract elves if you grow it in your garden. 
Now I haven't met an elf yet, but you know, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, what about you? What's your first signature ingredient? Okay. All right. So my first signature ingredient here is going to be mugwort. Um, it is good for protection, psychic awareness, magic, flying ointments, fertility, dreaming, spirit communication. Um, this is one of the things that I was talking about earlier where when deities come in, you start using things that you don't know exactly what they're used for, but you just want to use them. Mm -hmm. So um, this herb really became a staple in my practice when Artemis uh, became my matron for oh. a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was interesting because I, so I started using it in war, my warding mixes and, um, protection mixes and like, uh, workings for aware, psychic awareness and magic in general. And, um, it wasn't until about a year in that I found out that the scientific name for mugwort was Artemisia vulgaris. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. it was definitely like a light bulb moment for me. Like, okay, this is why I love this so much right now. Um, but ever since then, like now, like I can't go without it. Like it has to be, I have to have it. Um, and I most often use this particular herb for protection and psychic awareness, but I, it's an, I just can't even explain it. Like it's an all around good witchy herb to me. Yeah, I would agree. You know, it's funny. I just want to cut in real quick and add to the mugwort conversation. I've literally just started writing an article on it. And so I knew about the Artemisia thing, but I knew that I know wormwood is also a part of that family. Yes. Um, Artemisia. I don't know if you, did you know that it's a pretty popular Greek name? Huh. And, and it means the Greek, when they use it as a Greek name, it means gift of Artemis. Oh, wow. Oh <laughs> my know, gosh. Right? That's really cool. I thought you'd like that. I love it. <laughs> All right. So what's your number two? Okay. The, I'm sure you're going to agree with this one. Salt. Oh, that's on my list. It's further down, but it's on there. I feel like. I feel like everyone, this should be on every, a part of everyone's signature, but I'm not going to, you know, I won't force <laughs> that on anybody, but I just think, again, it's super versatile. It's accessible. You know, there's the wonderful thing about it too, is I like all the different kinds of salt. So like I right. experiment with the different kinds. I, my favorite, I would say are probably Himalayan pink. And uh, just recently, I started making the black salt, which is black salt, using my, uh, like, the, the smoke bundle remnants, the ashes from that. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty, pretty powerful stuff, I would say. Obviously, you can't eat it, so everyone knows. But um, the Himalayan pink, I have that in my salt shaker. I have, like, I cook with it. I have those, you know, the Himalayan salt lamp. And it's just a... I like the flavor of it, but not just that. I think the vibe of it is way different than even like just your normal sea salt. Right. So um, I think with salt, it's just such an ancient ingredient that 
I don't know how long it goes back. I try to do research on it one, once. It's it's pretty old. There's like salt mines in Germany that are from like the medieval times and, you know, but it's, salt's magic, I think, is mainly purifying, healing, and protective. So if you yeah. don't have anything else in your house, you know, for cleansing or protective <clears throat> purposes, you can use salt, even table salt. Yeah, and I find that salt is one of those ingredients that's very um, cross-culturally relevant yeah. uh, to different practice because, I mean, I've studied a lot of practices and salt exists in pretty much all of them in one form or another and usually pretty close um, to how it's used. So I feel like salt is one of those things that's like white candles, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's pretty much a staple in all practices. You can't really go wrong, uh, but really. Right, exactly. It can be used for purification, protection, getting people to go away, reversing mm -hmm. confusion work. I mean, it, there is a plethora of ways to use salt. And you said um, Himalayan salt was your favorite. And I think kosher salt is mine um, just because it's, essentially blessed. Yeah. If that makes sense. So oh, yeah. yeah. So definitely salt is on both of our lists. So when I get to salt, I'll just skip it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I just think it's, I don't know. It's definitely tops up there, but you know what there, I found out too, that there are two types of Hawaiian salt that now I'm like, I want to get my hands on, but apparently it's very expensive and hard to get, but that makes me want to get it more. There's a yeah. Hawaiian, Hawaiian red and a Hawaiian black salt that is like, it comes from the sea, but it's, it gets its color from the volcanic, like rock or whatever there on the islands. Pretty cool. Anyway. And it's, well, and it's amazing too, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like the different types of salt and how it changes the magical property mm -hmm. of, of salt. And so like I've used dead sea salt in different things as well and Ooh. it has a whole other vibe to it no doubt i never even heard that was a thing interesting <clears throat> oh yeah you can uh just for future reference you can purchase dead sea salt from bulkapothecary.com okay large quantities if you want to get it <laughs> bulk apothecary writing it down all right so I talked about, well, we kind of talked about salt, but what would be your next ingredient or tool? So the next one on my list is Angelica. Um, this one has been with me since I started my practice a long time ago. Um, it's very calming to me and it's like I'm calling in my angels and guides to any working that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, it's used for exorcism, protection, dreaming, removing jinxes, hexes, curses. It's used for luck and gambling, but it also can just be used as an angelic presence um, in any working. And so Angelica is one of those things that no matter what I'm doing, Angelica is probably in it. <laughs> now, is that, forgive me, because I've never actually used this herb or ordered it or anything. Is it, an, is it like flour? and leaf or is it root that you use typically it's the root and a lot of times because it will be 
a mix that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. I will opt for Angelica root powder and it's a white powder. It's very fine. It feels actually like, um, cooking flour when you get it. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. <clears throat> I'm interested. You piqued my interest. Yeah. You'll have to check it out. It's I definitely think I've seen it. Like, honestly, I think I've seen it on some of the herb sites. I just never knew if it was, you know, what it was actually made from, you know, as if it was flower and leaf or root or whatever. So that's interesting. Right, right. Most of uh, the most common form that you'll find is angelica root. So awesome. I would say check it out. I like so it. So what, what do you have next? Uh, so the next one for me is chamomile. I realized that I use that probably just as much as I use rosemary. So that's definitely one of my top signature flavors. (laughs) And Um, it smells and tastes so good. It does. You know, someone recently said to me that they hate the the taste of chamomile tea. I was like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) You hate the taste of chamomile. It reminds me of honey. Yeah. Um, I just have always loved it and the, the magic that it lends to my rituals and offerings. And I realized that it's linked to the sun and the fire element. I've tried to grow it here. It does not work out. So basically when I purchase it, it comes uh, bulk and it's organic. And I realized that it's coming from Egypt. So that kind of put another aspect to it for me. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, it just I know that I have a connection to ancient Egypt, so it just kind of, it made me wonder, you know, I'm like, oh, huh, I don't know. Um, it just, it, it's just super potent for a lot of stuff too. I use it in a lot of success and money uh, workings. I've used it for, for dreams, for restful sleep, for love, it, for warding off negativity as well. It, brings good luck. I mean, it's just another one of those, I feel like all purpose verbs that a lot of people don't, I haven't seen a lot of people that, that use it very much. You know, I wrote an article on it and it doesn't really get a lot of traffic to it, which I thought it would. Cause I figured, Oh, everyone loves chamomile. You know, I think it's one of those underappreciated herbs because it is so accessible and you, you know, pretty much anyone can get it and use it no matter, uh, where you are in the world. I mean, and we're talking Western world here. Um, So no matter where you are in the Western world, you can pretty much get chamomile Mm -hmm. if you want it. And so I think because it's so readily available, it kind of gets ignored. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think you're probably right. You know, and just um, medicinally too. And obviously, you know, if you're listening, you know, you're in control of your own health here. But anyway, um, (laughs) so I've used it like when I had a really bad uh, case of gastroenteritis, it was like the worst freaking stomach pain for a week. I don't know if anybody's ever, if you've ever had that, but it it was like a stomach illness that nothing was coming of it except pain. And I had all these tests ran and everything. Anyway, the only thing that would calm my stomach and the pain was chamomile tea. So I was sucking that stuff down. Like you wouldn't believe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so it's really good to help, you know, improve the digest- digestion and, uh, <clears throat> some people claim that it helps with like sinus infection symptoms and stuff. But anyway, um, so that would be my, my third for sure. And I can't 
I can't not have it in my cabinet because I use it so much. Yeah, and it's very versatile. Yeah, it is. It really is. How about you? All right, so my number three is apples. Um, yeah. Apples are a recently added signature ingredient of mine, and they have become that since Rhiannon has shown up in my practice. Yeah. Uh, she likes them as offerings, and it's probably because she's a horse deity, and horses love apples, for any of you who oh, yeah. are around horses, you know that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've started using them in a multitude of ways beyond offerings. Um, I keep the seeds now as well, and sometimes even the peels. Um, aside from offerings, they're good for fertility, love, healing, wisdom. The seeds can also be used in baneful magic because they contain arsenic, for those mm -hmm. out there who don't know that. <laughs> um, and they can also be used for, um, or apples uh, symbolize immortality um, and can be used in love divination. So like if you cut an apple in half and look at the way that the, like the core, right, like the core shapes. So that's another way to use apples. Apples, you can simmer on the stove and make your house smell good. I mean, apple just has like a million uses, but it's definitely something that didn't come into my practice until uh, Rhiannon showed up. So that's pretty cool. What is your favorite kind of apple? To use in my practice or just um, in general? In general. I don't eat apples. <laughs> You're hilarious. Now I'll drink apple cider. I do love apple cider, but I don't eat apples. If you drink apple cider. All right, look, I'm a picky <laughs> eater. I, I do not have a taste issue. I have a texture issue. Oh, I, I feel you. Of apples, but, um, but I like the taste of apples. So I will drink apple cider. I'm not a huge fan of apple juice, but I will drink it. Um, but yeah, uh, so I couldn't tell you what my favorite kind is. I just like it in a cider. Oh, okay. Well done. And also, and also in like, you know, alcoholic cider, because that's good. I was going to say, you talking about hard cider or the, the virgin cider? <laughs> both, both. Works for both. Awesome. <laughs> it's a very fall and wintry type of fruit too, I feel like. Yeah. And I think too, like another reason why I love cider so much is because my birthday is on Mabin. And so when I started mm -hmm. practicing, um, I started making what's called Maven moon wine. And one of the main ingredients is cider and it is so good. Oh, that sounds delightful. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's apple cider, grape juice and, uh, blackberry, um, brandy. Wow. Oh, I need that recipe. <laughs> it's also good if you have a cold. Mm, yummy. Making me hungry, which leads, so what's next? <laughs> it leads me into oh, I was going to say what's next on your list. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, and this isn't really an ingredient so much as it is a signature tool, but my stove slash oven, both. Yeah. Really, you're always cooking. I am. I am. I, if, if I have the time, I really love to do it, especially on the weekends. Cause I can just kind of, I put my music on, 
and just kind of relax and get into like the zone. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I try to weave my magic into a lot of my meals. I, since COVID started, I've learned how to make homemade bread along with the like million other women that decided to do that. Apparently it's a trend now. <laughs> anyway, I thought I was like, cool. You know, like I, one day I was like, I'm going to bake bread like my ancestors. And I went to the store and, you know, with my mask and everything else. And there was no flour. And I was like, what? <laughs> so bizarre, dude. I had to order flour like online to get it. And it took like two weeks to come to my house so that I could make bread. But anyway, so whenever I cook, I feel a connection to my ancestors. Um, I use also my tea kettle and I have this large cast iron Dutch oven that's bright oh. fire red, which I just, it just feels so magical when I use these specific tools. It feels like I'm creating a mood or something. It's hard to explain, but so yeah, I make herbal teas on my stove and fusions that become sprays, you know, also like also become floor or front door washes. I do some of those sometimes. And then of course I make a lot, a lot of meals. So most of my magic is happening in the kitchen and I couldn't do without some sort, some sort of like, fire, you know, heat source to cook. So that was my fourth. And, and I'm just going to interject here and tell y'all that I can attest to your baking is probably some of the most delicious <laughs> Christmas treats I've ever had in my life. Thank you. It's such a compliment. It, it like when I cook and people really enjoy it and they compliment it, it's, I don't know what it is, but I'm just, I eat it up. I'm like, see, I'm even using food like puns here. But anyway, it's like the um, highest honor. I'm like, oh, she loves my cookies, you know? Anyway. Well, they were good. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. Thank you. Okay. So the next thing on my list is black tourmaline. Okay. So this is another one that's been with me pretty much since I started my practice. Mm. Um, well, you know, there's multiple stones for protection, but I find that black tourmaline, the potency of it just is far greater than any other crystal or stone that I have tried to employ for the uses of protection. Um, mm. I also make black salts by grinding small pieces of black tourmaline to dust with white salt. Oh, interesting. I never thought of that. So it kind of, well, it kind of, it, it kind of has like a double, uh, I don't know what you call it. Like you're infusing the black tourmaline into the salt and the salt into the black tourmaline. So it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword that you're making, <laughs> I guess you'd say. Yeah, I got you. Uh, so this stone is obviously used for protection. Um, you can use it to make black salt if you grind it up. It uh, protects both psychically and physically. It can purify your auric field. It's good for grounding. And this stone in particular is an electric stone, which means that it can regulate energetic systems. So that means the body as well. So if your chakras and things are wonky or you're, you're feeling off, um, carry a black tourmaline with you so that it can help you regulate your chakra system. Love it. 
Yay! <laughs> I, I have I've had pieces of black tourmaline, but I wouldn't say that it's it's a uh, top for me. But I know a lot of people love it, and it makes sense why they do. Well, and like, and also I use it a lot in um, <clears throat> uh, when I ward my house because I put pieces of black tourmaline in the four cardinal directions, um, and since it's an electric stone, right, it regulates the energy of the house itself so i find that to be really awesome because so in in saying that it's an electric stone any type of entity that would try to cross that ward barrier that tourmaline is going to be like mm -mm. <laughs> nope, yeah you are not part of this auric field get out i like that yeah that's pretty cool all nice. right what's next so for me, it's going to have to be another herb because like I said, I'm always in the kitchen and I like to garden as well. So the next one for me is basil. Basil that's is, it's a, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's funny over here. They call it basil. And I'm like, no, that's a dude's name. Basil, <laughs> kind of like herb with an herb instead of herb, herb. Anyway. Yes, with an H. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so basil is a bright green Mediterranean herb that's not only edible, but it's also very magical. It can be eaten too, like like basically it can be eaten as if it's a vegetable. It's pretty safe. I mean, you could eat a whole freaking bowl of it and you're good to go. It's super easy to grow with lots of sun and water, and it makes a great addition to a lot of meals. I just love the scent of it. I, I can pluck a piece off and eat it. Out of out of my garden anytime. Um, I think mine when I grow them though they usually only last a season before they go to seed and then once they go to seed they're it's that's it they're, they don't taste as good but um, I use it in I mean I use it on chicken I, I, I use it in salads like I'll just put random pieces of basil in, in my salad um, it's good on pizza I don't know if I said that uh, fish, all kinds of stuff. So when I use it in my meals, I usually put out the intention to draw money. I just think basil with the bright green and with the money properties, it's really good for that. So you can also put three basil leaves in your pocket or wallet to draw money towards you. I've also used basil for purifying purposes as well. It's pretty potent when you use it along with rosemary and um, yeah, I've, so I've used it in baths, I put it in sprays, jars, powders, pretty much anything and everything for money or even love. Hmm. So that would be my fifth. I never really thought of basil like, like that. Really? So that's interesting. I'm going to have to try some of that. I don't use basil like in my magic. So hmm. you're giving I, me some ideas here, lady. <laughs> I think a lot of the herbs that I really like rosemary and basil and just the ones that I've been able to grow or more you can find the seeds or you can uh, find them easier like if you go to Lowe's or nurseries and stuff so I've just learned to you know use what I have I guess I don't know I really connect with it cool yeah how about you awesome okay so the next one on my list is not an herb <laughs> it is red brick dust so red brick dust is something that came into my practice the more I started getting into Southern folk practices. Um, just a little 
backstory here for those of you who may not know me that well. Um, I grew up in the American South. Um, and this particular ingredient stems from the use of red ochre as paint. So it goes way, way back. Um, so it's in its own right, it's sympathetic magic just being what it is, if that makes sense. Like the ingredient itself is a form of synthetic magic. Um, you can use red brick dust as, you know, if you add a little bit of water, you can use it as paint if you want, but it will stain. So if you do choose to use it as a paint, um, I don't recommend using it on your body as you will have red stains wherever you put it for a while. <laughs> it takes a while to come off. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is most often found in hoodoo, but it permeates most Southern American practices from um, voodoo to just regular Southern folk to, yeah, it's, it's all through the American South, I would say. Um, there's whole articles on red brick dust on uh, Otherworldly Oracle, um, and I wrote one as well, but I don't, I don't remember if it's on Otherworldly Oracle or if I wrote it for hub pages. I can't remember. But anyways, I know Otherworldly Oracle has an article on red brick dust, um, but it's good for protection of the home. And if you have a business, it's also good. Um, you basically put it in a wash um, and you scrub your front, front steps, front walkway up to your front door um, and then the door frame itself. Um, and it can also be used for money attraction. So I tend to use red brick dust a lot in um, warding mixes as well as um, front door washes. Hmm. Yes, um, I think probably you had written that for hub pages because I don't think you wrote it for OO, but um, I remember but you I I remember reading it and yours was really good too. But you have one up on OO, yeah? Yeah, because I, um, I yeah, we were so. doing some landscaping in my front yard and we found a couple like old bricks buried in the earth in my front yard. So I thought, I just felt like it was perfect and I made my own. And so go. that's what the article is about, how to make your own red brick dust. It takes a while, but it, you know what? It feels really good to hammer and like shatter some brick. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think... I think the article that I did for hub pages was more like um, more historical, I believe. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's been so long since I wrote it. I can't even remember what's in it. <laughs> well, don't write anything else for them. They I suck. <laughs> anyway. I won't. Okay. Um, All right. What's next for you? Okay. Next for me uh, is incense. And I don't have any like specific kind of incense. I just would say that I use it all the time, almost every day, as usually as offering for Bast and my ancestors. I usually will light an incense in the morning to ward off the smell of my cat's litter box. So that's very important <laughs> as a mundane reason to light incense. It's the only thing that works, but anyway. Um, I would say that I do have a favorite brand. It's the Satya, S-A-T-Y-A. It's an Indian brand. It's made in India. 
and it's not super expensive. I got like a huge box, I think off Amazon for, I don't know, like 10, 12 bucks with you know, a bunch of different kinds. Um, the Nag Champa is really good. Sandalwood. I use Egyptian Jasmine as offering and vanilla as well. And I would say when I am doing ritual or, um, you know, like a, a long divination session, I usually will light dragon's blood specifically for that reason. I don't just light dragon's blood on an everyday basis. I just, I feel like it really sets the mood and kind of helps me shift consciousness uh, easier. Hmm. So I kind of save it for that. But yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here thinking and I'm thinking of my own practice and I'm like, Dragon's blood in particular, I typically will burn that uh, when I'm reading tarot. Like, it's a very good divination thing for me. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I don't know what it is about it, but yeah. It, it but helps, it's so fun. It helps you connect or shift consciousness, like, in a way. And it's so funny, too, because you're like, I light an incense in the morning, and I'm like, oh, me too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I try to like at night I do my offerings usually. I don't do them in the morning because morning's just too freaking chaotic, but oh yeah. Yeah. Children. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I swear someone was coming out here going, Oh, are you gonna put your daughter to bed? I'm like, seriously? Like, (laughs) I'm doing a podcast. I, I I've said that to everybody. I love you, but really, you know, anyway, (laughs) my word, they don't care. All right. All right. Your turn. So the next, next one on my list, this one is Eyebright. Um, I have no idea what, what made me start using this herb, but one day I was making a warding mix as you do. And, um, I threw in Eyebright, but I loved the results of it. So eyebright for me is basically like a psychic security alarm. So mm-hmm. if I put this in a warding mix, right, and I, you know, ward the house with it, if any type of negative energy tries to cross that ward barrier, my um, spidey senses are like intruder alert, like something is oh. wrong here. Like, it's like, you know, when you get that, you know, the chills or like the hairs on your neck stand up or things like that. Yeah. Um, So that's what I'm talking about. So like, you may not necessarily know like what it is or where it's coming from, but you know, something is not right. Like it just alerts you to the fact that something's off here. Is that where it gets its name from? So actually it's used medicinally for um, like, if you drink it in a tea, um, it helps with mental clarity um, and like calms the mind. Um, It's also medicinally used for those with anxiety. Um, It is used to enhance psychic power, induce visions um, and also psychic alertness. So like, like I said, I don't even know why I like grabbed it and start or ordered it and started using it, but I was like, I need this. And then later, like after the results, like after I saw what it, what it did, I was like, I need to look this up (laughs) because what is this, what does this actually do? (laughs) 
That's awesome. I've never used that either. You're, you're educating me on herbs I've never even had. So it's pretty cool. Volcapothecary.com or Rose Mountain Herbs. Yeah, I use, or, um, you don't I use the it. Mountain Rose. Yeah. But, you know, they like freaking closed down for a little bit when COVID first hit because everybody was going, what happens if the pharmacies no longer produce medicine and people were like, buy, like muggles are buying up all the herbs. Oh, no. Yeah. So I went to like get something. It was like, sorry, guys, we're temporarily shut down because we're out of stock. I was like, what? <laughs> Seriously? Uh, yeah. What? Over here where I am, because I'm in Australia, I, they, there is no such thing as bulk herb places. Hmm. Like, yeah, it's so we have to go to markets and things like that to get herbs. It's just a little bit more difficult like you can go to the grocery store and get the basic ones that you cook with yeah but anything yeah. beyond that <clears throat> you have to go on an adventure for for sure so there was no fear of running out of bulk herbs over here because <laughs> you don't have the shops to do it wow i mean there are, there are a couple but yeah but it's not like it's not like in the states crazy world we living in all right, what's next for you? Um, I think this is also another one that you would maybe agree with or that I know a lot of people have a bit of an addiction to are jars and bottles. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have way too many jars and bottles. <laughs> um, and I guess at some point, I feel like I was making way too many jar workings and I was like, where am I going to bury all of these? Like, cause I was like, you know, they've seen those memes where I don't know where I'm going to bury all this stuff in my yard. I literally was running out of space because of a very small backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I had to put the brakes on the jar workings and now I just make them for, you know, if they're meant for longer lasting results or over a stretch of time. And but lately too, I'm like, I've been collecting liquor bottles because some of them are really freaking cool looking, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, um, there's a wine, there's a wine brand that was putting out, I can't remember the name of it, but, um, they were putting out wine bottles with, um, like tarot card. Oh yeah. Labels. I bought those. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I need these. Yes. <laughs> Any kind of wine bottle with an esoteric like label, I'm getting it. There's there's one with the lunar phases that I've got. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to remember some others. I know there's been some other really cool ones that I just have to buy because they just have a really cool label. <laughs> or like um, there's a there's a brand of tequila that comes in a skull bottle. I yes. thought that was really cool. Yes, that's what I mean. And some of them are just really neat shaped. Like there's this one that I have that's like a square, like just a thick, you know, and I had to keep that. And my husband, like there were some bottles drying out on the drainer and he was like, he looked at me, he's like, really? Another bottle? <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, this one looks different than the other ones. So, you know, I use them for storage too and also for spells and working. So you're probably like, really another lure? <laughs> yeah, basically. Really another fishing rod? Mm -hmm. nah, I don't care. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, how about you? You're next. 
Um, so the next one on my list is coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love coffee. I drink coffee multiple cups per day, but magically, um, coffee has been a staple or signature ingredient in my practice for at least half the time I've been a witch. I find coffee to be extremely helpful in situations of urgency. Mm. So if I need something to happen right now, I need to put coffee in it. But because I am an impatient person, <laughs> I usually add it to everything I do. <laughs> because I'm like, all right, I want this to work as fast as it possibly can. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but it, but it works. Like, I mean, there are other herbs and things that have this property, but I find, I find coffee is more readily accessible, easier to get to than trying to order like ginseng or, you know, things like that. So do you use it in like, you know, powdered form or like whole bean? Like, how are you using it? Like liquid? How, what's the... Method well, here. so most of the most of the time when I use it, I'm using the coffee grounds mm -hmm. because if it's you know in an herbal mix or in a jar or whatever, um, well, in a jar it depends, um, but usually in a, in a in a mix of herbs, the grounds work the best I found um, because they blend right in. Um, if you're working on like a shaker jar using coffee beans is helpful because they give you the sound when you want to shake the jar. I love the sound of shaker jars. They're so much fun. Yeah, they are. Actually, <laughs> it was so funny. I was talking to uh, my friend the other day. <laughs> and um, do you remember that movie Legally Blonde when she's like snaps for so-and-so and she starts snapping? Yeah. Well, we decided that the witch equivalent of that is shaker jars. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's good. Um, but coffee has other uses uh, besides situations of urgency. Um, the bean husks are used to remove hexes and curses. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also use coffee grounds for divination. So... If you're used like if you're drinking French press coffee or something where some of the grounds will get in the cup, mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. use it for divination, just like tea leaf reading type work. Um, and coffee is also a really good ancestral offering. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I, I love coffee, but I don't ever use it like in my magic. So it's cool to hear how you, how you use it. Thanks. But there are, there are other herbs that work for situations of urgency. And um, like I said, ginseng and um, warana, I think, I don't know if that's how you say it, but those would both be um, ingredients that would work as well. Sweet. All right. What's next on your list? I don't know if this is one for you, but for me, the elder futhark runes. Ah, yes, yes. They're definitely an integral part of my workings, but pretty much everything I do, I like drawing them in the air. Like when I'm making sacred space, I'll draw them on my body with oils. 
um, carve them into candles. I read my runestones pretty regularly. I, um, you know, if I'm feeling like I need extra protection somewhere, I'll, I'll draw a certain rune on my body just with my finger, you know, or in the air around me. And I just, I just love them. I don't know. They just feel like something from within that I have to do and I have to use. It's, um, I even, and oh my gosh, people are not going to like me when I say this, but it's fine. I'm going to say it anyway. So I'm also, I'm Reiki attuned and I sometimes use runes in a Reiki type energetic way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think too, with the runes, there's always something new that you can learn about them. I think for me, when people think that they master the elder Futhark within a, like a month, you know, even less. I'm like, no, it, it's, it's a really a lifelong learning process. You can't right. learn the meaning, you know, that quickly. Sure. There's like charts and stuff and little, you know, one meaning divination meaning or whatever per rune, but there's so much more complex than that. If that makes sense, I think. So there's always something yeah. to learn about them. Yeah. And I, um, people are going to probably, you know, <laughs> uh, dog on me for this one. But so although Odin's been my patron from the very beginning, I, I use runes in my magic. Um, <clears throat> but I don't, I don't use all of them. Like, how do I put this? I only know a, a few of the runes really well. And I don't feel like I'm privileged enough. <laughs> I don't know if that's even the right way to put it. Um, to use the rest. Like I am kind of just letting them come as Odin presents them. Um, but I would say like your practice of runes is like my practice of tarot. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good. Yeah. I was actually just thinking it's kind of like tarot for you, you know, or for right. right. Yeah. And I totally, uh, agree with you about the fact that you can't learn a system of divination in 30 days. No, like you just, can't. you're just not going to. It's, it's kind of like the elements too. Like I try right. to teach people about the elements and I'm like, okay, focus on this element for a while. And they come back and they're like, okay, learned it. Like three days later, I'm like, huh? <laughs> And you're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> what? No, no, go back. Nope. Spend some time. But three days is not going to do it. Anyway, um, how about you? What's your next one? Well, actually, I'm going to let you go to your next one because I only have one left. Um, oh, how did I? And then, oh, because we agreed on salt. It was on both oh. of our lists. <laughs> ah, right. Math. Okay. So... The next one is candles. I'm sure you're going to chime in on this one. Oh, My yeah. candle making friend. Uh, I think pretty much, I don't know. I assume most modern magical practitioners require, require the use of candles in one way or another. I think that candles are pretty much in everything I do um, for ritual spells, just ambiance and also as offering, you know, to um, honor my gods and ancestors. I use a mixture of different candles, but I'd say mostly pillar like for ambiance and a glass jar for working candles. You gave me that mm -hmm. term, by the way. Thank you. 
and uh, you know, like the spell and votives for for spell work. Oh yeah, candles is definitely a staple in my practice. Um, I'm not like I. It's very rare that you would ever come into my house and there's not one candle. I mean, I don't even think that's ever happened. Um, it's not rare for me to run out of a certain type of candle, <laughs> um, but I also make candles. So, um, yeah, yeah I love, well. and I what? You make them very well. You do a wonderful Aww. Well, thanks. You're welcome. But, um, but that's like, I feel like, I don't think that I listed them as a staple ingredient because to me, because I make them and what goes into them, like that's a whole type of magic all by itself for me. Yeah, that's true. But that yes, I definitely agree with you. make candles though. Cause I, I make them sometimes and each time I'm like, what did I do wrong? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I had a really um, big order uh, for candles last year. Um, and I think I was making something like, oh, I don't remember, 50 something all at once. But um, I was staying with my mom at the time and and uh, she came in and, and, and saw me working on all this. And, and she's like, okay, well, what do you do next? And I was like trying to explain. I was like, well, now I have to wait for the wax to get to a certain temperature. I have to heat the glass and, mm -hmm. you know, I have to measure out. And she was like, Oh my God, I had no idea this was so scientific. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, it's sure. not as easy. <laughs> yeah, and anytime you get fancy on it, it's like a whole nother level of science, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. All right, I guess I'll go over my last one here. Yes, So my last one is oils. So I use a wide range of oils and they're usually in every working I do in one way or another, whether I'm dressing a candle or um, anointing or feeding a mojo bag or um, using them for mixes or whatever, um, using them on my hands before a divination session. Um, there is a different energy in oils than there is botanicals that I've found. Mm -hmm. um, and I really can't, I really can't put it into words. It's more alchemical mm -hmm. feeling, whereas botanicals are just like earth blood. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've gotten more into oils in the latter half of my practice than I did when I first started. Um, some of the oils that I use are hoodoo based oils, but some are creations of talented witches from across the world that I know and love. Um, but any intention, Sabbath, deity, season, even your yourself, like your own energy can be made into an oil. Um, and they can, oils are cross-culturally across all, you know, all the practices that I've seen. Yeah. Oil is used yeah. in one form or another. Mm -hmm. um, a few of the ones that I've used are like for protection, I've used wall of fire. That stuff is potent. <laughs> Um, if you if you want some protection, wall of fire will basically uh, blow back people that are trying to get to you. Um, I have some of it. I'm, I'm, I know that for a fact. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, we agree. <laughs> oh yeah. 
for business, um, anything that is crown of success, crown of achievement, um, achievement, success, it, it, they're usually they, they, anything along the success line. Um, but also in business, I find oils made for domination to be really great too. Um, because when I say domination, you're not dominating another human being with these particular oils. You're wanting to dominate your craft, your hobby, your business, your whatever you're doing. Um, and so, and they, and they've also been really good for like academics as well. So like hmm. if you're, you know, in school and you've got your finals coming up and you want to dominate them, like use <laughs> some domination oil. Um, but there's one that I've been using recently by Juniper Moon Apothecary. It's called Queen Bee. Oh, I love that stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. It just uh-huh. makes you feel, it makes you feel empowered when you use it. Like I it sounds can't like it. explain yeah. it. Um, for magic, like general purpose magic, there's um, magic number nine um, that I use. There's also witch's potion that I really like. Um, for luck, Van Van oil is a staple. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Van Van is, Van Van is an oil that is like the Wheel of Fortune tarot card. It just makes, turns the odds in your favor, like tips the scales. Um, money, there is money drawing oil. There's also lodestone oil, which is not specific to money, but it's an attraction oil um, because lodestone is magnetic. And so you're putting this magnetized energy into an oil, which I really like. Um, I use an all-purpose morning ritual oil um, that I really love. And for wisdom, specifically, and this is a, (laughs) some of these are Juniper Moon um, specific, but Juniper Moon made a, an Abramelin oil. And it was interesting because I had never heard of abramelin oil, but I had found out that in my ancestry, um, we are somewhere down the line, part Ashkenazi Jewish. Um, and this is a Jewish uh, oil. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, I have this oil. I'd love for you to try it out because you, you know, you told me about your ancestry. And so I was like, cool, I'll give it a go. Um, but I put this on before divination sessions and man, like I anoint my cards with it. And it's like, like for any tarot reader out there who may be listening, when you're shuffling your cards, you know, and you're waiting for a card to come out, using this abramelin oil before shuffling the cards, it's like the cards are like screaming, like they want to speak really bad and you'll like, they'll be popping out left and right. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Awesome. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what um, do you use oils or what oils do you use? Or I do. Uh, I, 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 right now I have like four oils that I use, like, uh, you know, just in rotation. I think there's a protection, a money, um, the, the wall of fire, and then now I'm not remembering. Oh, I made an oil that I call amplify oil. So it just, it strengthens whatever I'm doing. 
Um, I use those. And then I also use essential oils, mainly like to anoint my, my deity area or like my bath statue. I'll use myrrh, um, essential oil, things like that. Um, I'm not, I guess I'm not super big into oils, but I do use them often. Yeah, I use them also like um, essential oil blends when I do candle making, definitely. Love it. Well, we're almost at the top of the hour. You know how like radio people say that? They're like, <laughs> okay, mates, we're at the top of the hour. Um, so I'm going to just quickly talk about this next one and then maybe we can wrap it up. Cool. All right. Okay. Sounds so good. my last one, and I don't know that it's even like an ingredient or tool, but it's just a big part of my practice is, and it's going to sound weird, bear with me, but insects. So no, I don't collect dead bugs necessarily. Um, <laughs> I would say that mainly it's just like my, it's a part of my garden. My garden is a part of just who I am and in my practice. And it's super important to me. It's where I go to ground, relax, heal, and in my garden, I do a lot of supporting the pollinators. So I plant a lot of things that support, you know, honeybees, bumblebees, butterflies, and the birds too. And so, you know, if let's say a butterfly or other insect dies and is gifted to me in nature, then I, I will save it. But otherwise, it's more or less just about connecting and, you know, seeing them in my garden flying around and I guess just the magic of that. So let me just ask you, what insects have you used in magical workings and what were they for? The only ones I've used, honestly, are butterflies. And usually it's because I find one, you know, that's passed on in the garden. And um, when I've used them, the only, okay, so I made a powder and then I also made an oil for shape-shifting purposes. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds wicked. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty flighty experience, we'll say. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, but you know, I found other things like beetles and stuff, and I don't really like eh, I don't really want to do that. If I found like a bee, I might use that as well, but I haven't been gifted that yet. So yeah. Wow, well that's really cool. I I don't know many witches that would say that insects are a part of their signature ingredients, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just a part of my everyday life and you know the kids will come out and we'll sometimes we have to move caterpillars from one vine to another cuz they're eating too much and you know you kind of got to move them so that they survive. <laughs> so they get to experience all that and then see the chrysalis and it's a pretty cool very cool. All right. Well, do you want to wrap us up? Yeah, I can, I can wrap us up. Um, so just want to thank everybody for joining us again for another episode of Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. That was a really fun episode, I felt like, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. And I want to thank Laura for joining me as always. It's always a blast. It is. We have so much fun doing these. We do. We do. And Laura, did you want to plug anything here about your yourself or? No, no, I'm good. I think okay. uh, listeners by now know where to find me and okay. all that good stuff. All right. Well, y'all, you know, we have our website, otherworldlyoracle.com. This is our 10th episode of the podcast. So if you haven't heard the other ones, go back and listen. And we have a Facebook group under the name Otherworldly Oracle. So meet us there and 
Hope everyone has a magical day, night, hopefully month, year, all that good stuff. <laughs> all right, guys. See you next time. All right. Bye.